Hello and welcome to yet another uh, World Cup preview. This time we are covering Iran on Celtic Down Under. My name is Laura and I'm joined by Liam. How are you doing, Liam? Yeah, good. Uh, got got my Iran shirt on here. Uh, just a wee reminder that uh, football tops are not political endorsements. <laughs> well, yeah, on that note, I think um, at the time of recording... Um, well, it would be churlish of me to use uh, light-hearted language to say that um, things are not peaceful in Iran at the moment. Um, and obviously our thoughts go out to everybody either in the country or with loved ones in the country who is affected by what's going on there. Um, but as yeah. as our, as our, um, our determination is, is that we are going to stick to football matters on this show and give everybody a bit of a distraction from what can be a very dark world. Yep, and uh, Iran are a team with some very good players in, in their squad. And uh, I think uh, that it's important that we don't lose sight of that, is that footballers are not politicians. So uh, let's focus on what they do on the pitch. Yeah, I think that's fair. And I think there's a few countries going to this World Cup, not least the hosts themselves, who... Mm. You could have a lot to say about them, but at the end of the day, the 11 men on the pitch uh, are there to play football. And uh, I think I think you could drive yourself demented talking about other aspects of things, but um, we'll, we'll stick to the football as far as this is concerned. Looking at Iran, um, obviously we've talked about Wales, we've talked about the US and we've talked about England, uh, who are also in their group. Iran... Um, thought by some to be kind of the whipping boys of the group. Uh, is that a fair mm. assessment, Liam, do you think? Is there anything uh, that I mean, might surprise people about them? Let me put it this way. Based based on the form and the uh, the results and the rankings of the four teams going into this tournament, Iran are statistically the worst team in the group. And they will go in there with the expectation that they're not going to do very much. But you know what? That suits them quite fine. They were in a they were in a qualifying group with uh, South Korea, who were expected to take care of them comfortably. And Iran <laughs> Iran did did well against them. Um Yeah, I think they I, got they, they did manage to get a draw against them, didn't they? Yeah. And uh also they're they're a team that thrive on being written off. Because if you look at previous World Cups, they have given some of the best teams in the world a really hard game at times. Um, and I think that, you know, it will be the case again this time. I don't put it this way. I don't know if they'll win any of their games, but I don't see them getting beat 5-0 in any of their games either, you know? No, that, that's that's true. And just um, just looking at the group that they qualified with, um, I'll just bring it up here just now. Um, they... Like you said, they, they they qualified in a group where you would have thought that uh, Korea would have would have comfortably taken it. And as you said, they're not. I don't see them getting beat heavily, and they aren't afraid to. I know I know some of the quality of the opposition that they're playing is not fantastic, but but they do like to score goals, and you can only beat what's put in front of you. Um, I guess I guess my um my my question to you would be. Um, they're obviously playing England in the first match. Uh, one of the, if, if if you believe everything you read, uh, one of the stronger teams at the tournament. Um, we were talking just um, in, in the last show uh, covering Wales about 
you know, you either want the strongest team in the group or you want the wee diddy team. Well, in this case, England are getting what would be termed the wee diddy team, and whereas Iran are getting the big team out of the way first. Who's yeah. it, who's it going to suit better? Do you think? Honestly, because of what we just talked about with the the media pressure, nothing is expected in Iran of this Iranian team. There is hope, but there's not expectation, right? Mm-hmm. Um, whereas in England, if they don't beat Iran three or four nil in that opening game, it's going to be the end of the world, according to their press. So the pressure is all on England, and for Iran. It's uh, it's basically what, what we call a free hit. Um, they can go out there, play their game. If they get beat, well, they were expected to get beat. If they take even a draw, there's gonna be there's gonna be celebrations in that squad because that sets them up nicely because they've already played the hardest team in the group. And they've also got a coach who's not without his own European pedigree, and Carlos Queiroz, who's uh, obviously ex-assistant to Alex Ferguson at Man United, uh, a manager of Real Madrid in his own right. Um, do you think his presence and his knowledge of, of the European game and, and England in particular might might stand Iran in better stead than maybe some would have would have suspected? Yeah, um, because, like you said, Kiros has the experience of Man United and European football, but he's also done quite a bit of work in the Middle East mm. before coming to Iran. So he knows the type of players he's going to work with and he knows how to get the best out of, admittedly, quite limited resources. So, yeah, I think um, I could... I think people will be surprised at the... Um, at the the slick kind of elegant way that Iran can play the game, whereas we think back to the the Iran team of the the nineties when you had Ali Dai of uh, of Bayern Munich fame leading the line, and he was like your archetypal big target man. Um, but Iran now play a much more elegant style of football, and it's actually quite good to watch. Um, so I think uh, I think. They'll surprise a few people. Don't, as I say, results-wise, I don't know what they're going to do. But I think, just in terms of their their play and how they present themselves, I think I think they'll pleasantly surprise a few people. And let's not forget our very own Ange Postecoglou uh, let his mouth run away with him in a, a press conference not so long ago, suggesting that the Iranian market might be one that he would be willing to plunder for for talent that other people would not have. Um, have thought possible to look uh, for. So I'm sure there's talent there, certainly some that that will be recognised by people on a world stage at this World Cup. Speaking of the specific talents, um, a couple of standout players, which we both picked out um, in reading up about uh, the teams. Uh, The first is Mehdi Taremi, the the Porto striker. Um, that that was you that, that highlighted him to me. Liam, what, what about him do you think could pose problems for England, for the US and, and for Wales? Well, he is pretty much Iran's star man at the moment. He's the one that they look to to make things happen. Um, you know, he's uh, he is a he's a forward, but he's he's not there. He's not necessarily looking at looking at them as, a, as an out-and-out goal scorer. He is, what you, I guess, what you term the false nine, the guy who makes things happen mm. for other players around him as much as for himself. 
Um, yeah, you know, Porto are definitely no mugs at European level, and he is an integral part of that team. So, uh, yeah, uh, 30 years old now, so this may well be his last shot at a World Cup. And sometimes that can give players that extra wee jolt to go on and achieve even more than they have already. And, uh, you know, with all due respect, playing for a country like Iran, they're going to need every little jolt and little boost that they can get because they're going to be up against it. Yeah, they certainly will be, but there, there's going to be a lot of teams at this World Cup who will not be leading the line with a Champions League scoring striker uh, on their books. So Iran, mm-hmm. in that sense, have, have an advantage um, and it'll be interesting to see if he can... Uh, translate his club form and onto the international stage. He's made sixty appearances for the national team, um, and as you say, is is likely going to be appearing at what would be his last World Cup. Bearing in mind, obviously, Iran don't qualify for every World Cup, and he would be thirty four at the next time of asking as well. So, um, this is going to be his chance to make an impact. Um, another player that we looked at was Sardar Asman. Now, the at the time of recording. Um, it's unclear whether he will definitely be at the World Cup because of a, an injury that he su- sustained back in October. Um, but he is a real goal threat as well. Um, he's scored 41 goals in 65 appearances for the national team. So prolific isn't really the word to describe him. Um, mm-hmm. how, how vital do you think he could be to Iran's chances, bearing in mind that you know even if he does get there, chances are he's not going to be fully fit? Well, I mean, it's the beauty of the World Cup, isn't it, that, that teams like this can kind of fly under the radar. You know, these are guys that, in all honesty, we didn't really know much about until we looked them up. Mm. And yet, you know, you've got one starring for Porto, another one doing the business with Bayer Leverkusen, two of Europe's biggest clubs. Um, so clearly, you know, they have the talent. Um, it's just a question of can the rest of the team bring themselves up to that level because um, certainly not every not every member of the Iranian squad would get a game for Porto or Bayer Leverkusen you know um, but they do have the advantage as well of consistency mm-hmm. we, we spoke before about when we we're talking about Wales about how over the past several Welsh managers a distinctive Welsh style of play has emerged Um and Carlos Queiroz is one of the few managers, and there's not I don't think there's many of them, um, that managed at the 2018 World Cup and is managing the same country again at the 2022 World Cup. Mm-hmm. So Iran have had, you know, a clear five years of playing the same style of football under the same coach with the same goals in mind. And clearly, the other thing is with these perceived smaller countries quite often when a when a country doesn't do well at a world cup there's this kind of knee-jerk reaction to get rid of the manager mm-hmm. um which i always think is a bit unfair because it's like you know you, you read like oh you know serbia sacked their manager switzerland sacked their manager that's oh guys you were in the same group as brazil and argentina what were you expecting yeah what, what were you thinking you were going to do <laughs> um, yeah. um but that is kind of what happens you know but i think um the, you know, the Iranian FA deserve a bit of credit for sticking with Kiros. Um But, you know, looking back at 2018, and I think they're a stronger team now than they were then. Uh, they got a couple of very good performances against Spain and Portugal. 
and you know really took both of those teams all the way in their matches and i think uh you know they could <laughs> they could easily do the same again and uh while we don't want to talk too much about the political dimension, the fact that they are playing the US um, might give them a wee extra incentive to go out and put on a show, I think, you know? Oh, it'll, ha- it'll certainly be a fixture with a little bit of spice, to put it mildly. Um, uh, I have to say, credit to you for, for giving the, the Iranian FA, um, giving them their flowers. It's not very often you find reason to pl- praise the authorities in Iran, but again, we'll, no. uh, we'll, we'll leave it there. <laughs> Um, but it's interesting you said that about, you know, Iran is one of those teams we're, we're going to come up against it with Tunisia when we go over them. Saudi Arabia will be the same um, to an extent. Qatar and Ecuador were the same in the, f- the first groups. You know, I, I, I'm quite enjoying this process because it's proven to me that even in the day and age of the internet, it is still possible to come across players you don't know anything about and players that you've not seen before. I, I was talking to somebody a few weeks ago who said they're less excited for World Cups these days because you can see players any week that you want. I guarantee you there'll be players I'll be watching at this World Cup who I'll probably never have seen play before this World Cup and never see play after it. Uh, yeah, I love seeing that. I love these obscure players who... You know, you maybe see some guy turning out from Mexico who plays in, like, <laughs> the Panamanian Premier League or something, and you've never heard of him. You know, um, it's it's great. Um, and I think of some of the players that I really liked as a, as a kid were guys I'd never heard of until the World Cup. Mm. People like Mendieta playing for Spain and Valencia. I remember he really came onto the scene in the early 2000s, and it was so a the World one, Cup. The ones I love are the ones that you see... Uh, we're both old enough to have seen certain players play at two or three World Cups, sometimes mm. more. Um, and the ones I love are the ones who you know what country they play for, but you couldn't ever say exactly what club they played for. One that always springs to mind for me is um, Alexander Fry for Switzerland. He was yep. at every Euros and every World Cup that I could remember. Could I tell you? I could have a guess at what clubs he might have played for, given that he was Swiss, but I couldn't tell you for certain. Well, you know, I tell you now, I have a shirt here. Did you know I collect my shirts? Mm-hmm. I can show you this shirt, and you'll instantly think of a player, but you'll have no idea what team he played for, what, right, what, okay. club, what club he played for. Look at this jersey here. Oh, that's that's the infamous Roger Miller. Yep, Roger Miller, Cameroon 1990, right? Yeah. What yeah. team did Roger Miller play for? No idea. No idea. <laughs> <laughs> right. But, but you as get, soon as you, you see players, that shirt, you think Roger Miller. That's the but, thing. But you get players like that in even in more established countries. Like I always remember growing up, Christian Daly was always in the Scotland squad, and I never knew what club he played for. <laughs> I, I, I mostly remember him for the uh, the, the infamous Bertie Votes interview. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. You hear someone effing and blinding off camera. He's like, who is it? I don't know. He's like, Christian, Christian. <laughs> oh my God, those were the days, eh? Um, and to top but... it off, the next day, I remember the Evening Times ran an editorial. They were saying that apparently at that time in the UK, there were 52 Colin Hendrys, there were 18 Paul Lamberts, there were like, uh, I think there were uh, about 150 John Collins. But there was only one Christian Daly. Yeah. No wonder. No wonder. 
what a barnet like that as well, jeez. Ay, oh, Christ. Um, but anyway, back to Iran. We have to close this one out. Um, I think we've made it pretty clear from the coverage of the group already who we think the, the strong chances are of going through. Yeah. Can, can Iran cause at least one upset? Can they get a result from at least one of the teams in the group, do you think, to, to make sure that their, their, their travels haven't been entirely wasted at this World Cup? Well, the last time they played the US at the World Cup, they beat them. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's every chance that could happen. Um, to be honest, I think the best that could happen for Iran is they might scrape a draw or possibly two draws in two of their games. As much as it pains me to say it, I even bought the shirt just <laughs> in the hope that they might get something off of England. But um, I, I, I don't think I don't think they'll pose much of a problem for England. But I don't think it will be like the, the three or four nothing walkover that the, the likes of the the Sun and the Daily Mirror would tell you. You know. Um, yeah. Again, I think uh, there might be ulterior motives as to why they would uh, they would be so cocksure of themselves in that sense, but. Well, I, I, but um, um, no, I think Iran will. They're one of those teams. I don't see them going beyond the group stages, but I don't see them getting embarrassed either. I think they yes. will. I think they'll earn. I think certainly, the players and the team, if perhaps not the country, will earn a lot more respect after this mm-hmm. World Cup. I think. And I and I think on top of that, I'll stick my neck out and I'll say that they'll they'll take a point off somebody. I think they'll take a point off somebody either. The bets on either Wales or, or US, obviously. I would love it to be England, but I think yeah, I think it, I think I think a draw with Wales is, is achievable for them, certainly. Um and all all that being said, the best thing about Iran at this World Cup is they've got a big picture of a football on the shirt, just in case you're confused about what sport it is they're going to be playing. Yeah, they've also got a leopard on the shirt. Oh really? Um, what yep. leopard's got to do with Iran? Am I being? I, I think I think that that's the nickname of the national team. They are the leopards. Or the, oh or right, che- okay. It's either a leopard or a cheetah. I'm not sure. I thought I was being really geographically ignorant because I didn't think they were. You would find them anywhere near Iran, but there you go. Near that I, but then when the shirt arrived, there was a, a a big cat on it. So yeah, yeah, I think I think it's a leopard. Um, not to be confused with Rangers, of course. They're the lepers. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, listen. As we all know, everybody, Liam buys his shirts from exclusively um, legit sources. So the leopard is definitely not some sort of mistake that should never have no. been on the shirt in the first place. No, and, and rest assured that the Iranian authorities did not get one dollar out of me for this shirt. So, you know, you can be comfortable with that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, um, but the... the the Republic of China might have got some money out of you, <laughs> which is its own problem. But uh, yeah, that's for another day. Yeah, uh, that's Iran done with. Thankfully, um, <laughs> our next our next game coverage will be of the mighty Argentina, a team that I think both of us are a lot more familiar with, with a lot more to say. So. Um, Thank you very much for joining me, Liam. Thank you, everybody, for watching, if you have been, and make sure and go and watch the rest of our shows in the run-up to the World Cup and get yourself right in the mood for some more... Uh, I was going to say summer football, but, of course, it's winter football this year. OK, it's uh, always summer in Qatar. It's always summer in Qatar, <laughs> yeah, unfortunately. Um, but thank you very much, Liam, and I'll see you for the next one. See you then.